This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus addressed this parable to those who were convinced of their own righteousness and despised everyone else. Two people went up to the temple area to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee took up his position and spoke this prayer to himself. O God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. But the tax collector stood off at a distance and would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast and prayed, O God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, the latter went home justified, not the former. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. That picks up right where we left off last Sunday at the beginning of the 18th chapter of Luke. So these are verses 9 to 14. I think there may be a connection. I'll throw one out to you at the end between what we heard last Sunday and what we just heard. That passage, the gospel writer says, is a parable from Jesus, a story Jesus makes up that he specifically addresses to people who are convinced of their own righteousness, meaning they have a right relationship with God. They are good with God, not alienated from God by sin, and despise everyone else. Look down on, think negatively about everybody else. That's really extreme. People who are convinced of their own righteousness and despise everyone else. I hope I really haven't hit that extreme. Maybe I have. But my experience with this passage is because that's so extreme, it could be tempting to just say, oh, well, that's not for me. It is for all of us. The parable is not just for those people 2,000 years ago or today. So what I encourage you to do is take this parable honestly this week. Everybody can get it. It's so straightforward. And Jesus' teaching at the end is absolutely graspable. And look for yourself in both characters. Yourself personally, your marriage, your family, our parish for sure. How do you recognize yourself honestly in either of those characters? This can only lead to growth. There are only two characters in the parable. Both of them, at the beginning of the parable, are unrighteous. They are not justified in the eyes of God. Justified means to be seen as upright morally, spiritually by God. You, have to, I, I, you will get this. To get it from the very beginning, both characters at the beginning are not justified. They are not righteous. In the end of the parable, because of the choices they make, one of them becomes justified, the other one does not. So character number one is a tax collector. Remember at Jesus' time, this is not about the IRS necessarily, at Jesus' time in his place, tax collectors are part of a very corrupt system. They are typically, sin we know that there are some tax collectors who turn to Jesus and become his disciples, but tax collecting is a disreputable profession. Whatever's going on in this person's life, whether it's through the tax collection or whatever, he is not justified. The tax collector makes choices through the entire passage. 
he chooses to go up to the temple area. The temple area in Jerusalem at this point in history, 2,000 years ago, is the single holiest place on the planet. Somehow for real, God's spirit exists in the temple in Jerusalem at this point in a way that God's spirit doesn't the same way exist anywhere else on the planet. So he changes. It's not just the physical reflects what he's doing morally and spiritually. He's turning from wherever he was going away from God, and he's now headed to God. It's conversion. He goes to the temple area, and he keeps his distance from the holiest area of the temple. He's exactly right. He's recognizing before God, number one, he's recognizing himself, and even in public, he is a sinner. The distance he has from the place where God's spirit is most powerfully present is his acknowledgement, and he's 100% correct, he is not justified with God at this time. He won't even lift his eyes to the heaven. That's a direct Old Testament position of a person who's recognizing his or her sin, being completely honest about himself, being completely honest with God. I am not worthy because he's not. He won't look up because he's not justified with God. And he beats his breast, what most of us just did in that confidior at the beginning of Mass. Again, an Old Testament out in public. It's not mostly about other people. It's about God and me. I am a sinner. I hope that's what you're all doing, because I certainly am. I am a sinner. And then he prays. You'll see further into the parable, or before it actually, he prays for real. He speaks to God, not to be taken for granted, as you will soon see. Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. At that moment, that is arguably the perfect prayer. He is completely honest about who he is. He acknowledges who God is. He speaks humbly, directly to God. He acknowledges that mercy comes from God, does not come, and may, may come through other people, but that's from God. He seeks that God will give him mercy. He's asking for God's forgiveness. It's perfect. He doesn't make up any excuses. He doesn't say, well, you know, I haven't killed anybody and I haven't sold drugs on Springfield Street. He says, oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus, the Son of God, who makes up that parable, says he goes home justified. By just doing what he does there, he is justified. I really do, I know many of you get this. I hope you get this, or if you're new, this is the best news ever. That is what we're all meant to enjoy. God only wants to forgive our sins. God only wants to give us God's mercy. There's no question, there are no shadows about God. The question and the shadows are about us. Do I acknowledge my sin? Do I go to God? Do I seek God's mercy? If I do, I receive it. I hope that's part of the reason that you're here this morning. So let me just give you the easy three-point checklist. It's so easy to be sure you're up on this when you go home this week and you think about this. When you come to Mass every Sunday or every day for some of you, do you actually enter into that basic penitential rite at the beginning of Mass? It's no little thing. And when you sit around and say, oh, I think Mass is so boring. Well, you're a loser. Where else do you stand up in public and say, I'm a sinner? Do you do that elsewhere? Do you do that in Market Basket? 
do you stand up and say to God, to yourself, and to everybody else here, I am a sinner and I seek God's mercy? I don't know how the mass prayers developed over history, but do you ever say, like, why do we say ask that mercy over and over again at the beginning? So that we'll actually do it, I think, among other reasons. Number two, do you go to confession? It's 2022. People are going to hell. We have the fullness of God's mercy only given to us through that sacrament. It is not 1978 anymore. Jimmy Carter is no longer the president. Do you go to confession? It's the only place you fully receive God's mercy, where what is in that parable actually takes place. And number three, Catholics traditionally, every day, at least just once a day, often at the end of the day, examine their consciences. I spend a little time with God, I review what I have done that is holy, what I have done that is sinful, and I say, oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I hope you do it. If you don't do it, these are not rules. These are gifts that are meant to be part of every day, every Sunday, every year of our lives. Okay, character number two, the Pharisee. So a Pharisee at Jesus' time and place is a Jewish religious leader. He's a person who is supposed to be an expert in God's law. He interprets God's law authentically, supposedly, for other people. If he's really living the ministry he has, he should be a holy person. He should know God. He should be living love of God. And he obviously, as a faithful Jewish person, should be living love of neighbor. The Pharisee, to repeat on purpose, is not justified. Whatever's going on in his life, he's a serious sinner. He's as serious a sinner as the tax collector. Neither is righteous but he is convinced of his own righteousness. He goes up to the temple area, but it's not a point of conversion whatsoever. He takes his position closer to the Holy of Holies. It's not God's position, it's his position, because he is in charge of reality. He should be back with the tax collector. They are both sinners who are not justified key part of this, this uh, parable Jesus gives us. He then says this prayer. Did you note to whom he says this prayer? Well, that's why I'm here. To himself. He says the prayer to himself. He's in God's presence, really. He is in the holiest place on the planet, and he talks to himself. He does not talk to God. Have you ever done this? I have talking, oh God, blah, 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 and I'm just talking to myself. He says this prayer to himself. God, self, mirror, thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity, dishonest, greedy, and adulterous. Everyone else on the planet, as far as he's concerned, everyone else is dishonest, greedy and adulterous. David, you're certainly dishonest and greedy, but I'm not adulterous at this point. Dishon everyone else. Do you know people like this? If you don't watch my cable channel, then you are dishonest, greedy, and adulterous. It's all over this country. Dishonest, greedy, and adulterous. And thank I'm thankful that I'm not like this tax collector. On that, he's correct, but he doesn't know it. The tax collector 
is in the process of being justified by God. He is not. He is not like that tax collector, but he has it upside down. He's talking to himself, and he's going nowhere. I pay tithes on all of my income, more than the Old Testament would demand. I fast two days a week. That's a lot. Totally good religious actions that are meant to lead to God, that are meant to lead to love. He's not even talking to God. He's listing these things. I haven't killed anybody. Uh, 1956, I was an altar boy. Blah, 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 blah. It's real, but it has nothing to do with the situation at hand. And what does he do for the tax collector? I'm going to jump off a bridge at the end of this mess, by the way. That's immoral. What does he do for the tax collector? Nothing. Does it remind you of the rich man and Lazarus? Remember that parable we heard a while ago? He does nothing. He doesn't say, you're obviously in distress. I'm an expert in God's law. What can I do to help you? You seem to be very upset. I work for God. What can I do to help you? How about a prayer? God, please bless this person who is clearly in distress. Nothing whatsoever. Be sure you get the teaching. Jesus says he goes home not justified. So he's an extreme. But be honest this week. Let us be honest. To what extent can I relate to him? Any of those details that I can relate to, I want to change. I don't want to be that Pharisee. I want to be the justified tax collector. If we can be honest about this this week, I believe we will grow. Final bonus thought. Remember last week we heard those first eight verses of this same chapter. I don't know what the gospel writer is thinking, obviously, but he did choose to put these next to one another. One of the things we talked about last week, remember God will see to it that justice is done speedily for his chosen ones who cry out to him. We heard it this morning from Sarah. We heard it in the Psalm. God hears the cry of the poor. God answers people's prayers. We talked about partially last week. I am positive that that is all true that God gives the grace to meet all of the needs of everyone on this planet, the issue is that we choose not to be the instruments of doing what God wants us to do. We talked about hunger last week. People are hungry and crying out for food all over this planet, and their prayer is answered, but it doesn't become real because we don't feed one another. We know this. So just an observation this week. So many people, particularly in this community, do live like that justified tax collector. They do turn to God. They do receive God's forgiveness, and they get out there and do God's work in this community, many of whom are you. I find as a priest, I am no one's judge, but I do work for the one who is our judge. I find day by day in this community that as often as not, the person who is actually doing the feeding, the person who is actually doing the teaching, the person who is actually doing the visiting, the person who is actually taking his or her time, talent, and treasure in this community to serve people in great need, it turns out they're justified tax collectors. They're people who have been seriously sinful. They have received God's mercy, and the evidence is they're sharing it with others. 
they're putting into practice with their time, their talent, their treasure, the mercy they've received from God. That's the whole path of salvation. And I really mean this uh, with all the sensitivity I have. I really mean this. The limited number of people whom I continue to encounter who say, I'm really good with God. I am just good. But I don't really get into that kind of service. I don't get into helping those kinds of people whom they actually despise. They despise them. They are those Pharisees. I'm good. I'm good with God. I'm convinced of my own righteousness. And I despise everyone else. Thank you from me for being justified tax collectors. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.